is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. From music and maps to money and modernity, this is where ideas come together. Welcome to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Jones, and with me is John Rasick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, John comes to us from the Indiana University Bloomington, uh, apparently much warmer. <laughs> Less snow down there, yes. <laughs> it just snowed on us here in uh, Halloween in uh, northern Illinois, and uh, you must be some below some threshold. Uh, yeah, well, we, we got flurries, but uh, nothing like what you have I don't want to hear about flurries, but... Uh, <laughs> But we're, we're glad you braved the, the weather for coming up and talking us to about your really interesting project of community playground design and build as a tool for empowerment. So tell us about your your journey. How did this how did this all get started? You so I guess I should we're we're um, we're going to talk about later this kind of really fascinating NGO project that that builds uh, playgrounds for um, uh, youth all around the world. But uh, how did how did we start on this journey? Sure. Um, well, I I was trained as an architect um, and uh, worked uh, had my own firm in in Boston and Los Angeles for a long time and uh, enjoyed the work. Um, but I got to what a, what kind of uh, what kind of stuff did you build? Uh, we did um, we did um, a lot of housing, uh, but mostly furniture design. That was kind of a niche that we we fell into, and we did. You know, we we did furniture for hotels and restaurants, and um, you know, sort of high end applications, and it was it was great. Um, I enjoyed it. It was what I thought I really wanted to do, but uh, over time, we ended up. Uh, I found myself choosing bathroom tiles for wealthy clients, uh, and they would spend <laughs> ten thousand dollars on a bathroom, or yeah, you know, just on the tile. Uh, and I, I found that uh, I was looking down a, a path that I, I really was less and less interested in, in, in traveling. And so uh, luckily 2008 happened, which is, uh, you know, kind of a funny <laughs> thing to say. But uh, the, yeah. The, the housing crisis, the that, financial yes, crash. Yes, the things, the, the recession hit and uh, uh, it hit the, the world of, um, of design and architecture pretty hard. And uh, it, people it, stop spending money on. They stopped spending ten thousand dollars on bathroom tile, and uh, <laughs> it ended up uh, being a great opportunity for me to kind of reassess what I was doing. And uh, I moved to Thailand with my wife and my my two young daughters. And um, my parents thought I was crazy to to do that, <laughs> and uh, but it turned out being uh, probably the best thing I ever did. How yeah. did how did Thailand enter your radar? Just uh, you know, my wife and I had traveled there before we got okay. married, and. Uh, it was just a place that had a we, we really enjoyed it and wanted to go back. And uh, so you 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 said you ended up in uh, in Mesot, is that right? Yes, um, in, in Mesot. I had a friend who was working there, and uh, and I uh, started. We just were hanging out with him, and uh, so what's the what's the vibe in Mesot like when you started thinking about? Yeah, Mesot contributions you is can make? a it's an interesting place. It's a it's a border town, and so and the the border between Thailand and Burma, which is where Mesot is. Um, is very porous, and um, so you have a lot of uh, uh, Burmese refugees who would come across the border and work, and they they had NGOs would set up schools there, and uh, the, the 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 Thai government was not giving 
those schools any support whatsoever. Yeah, what were the schools like? Um, really very basic. Um, there were some NGOs who were who were building schools, but mostly um, you know banana leaf roofs and uh, maybe maybe cement walls if you were lucky. But for the most part, they were just sort of shelters more than anything else. Four walls and a yeah chalkboard. Yeah, right? and and no books and color, no paper. And mm. um, I had taught uh, elementary school um, um, for a couple of years when I got out of undergrad and. Uh, and so I, I had some experience as an, in the elementary school arena, and uh, these schools were very different. And so, um, but but also in a, in a disadvantage, disadvantaged schools in yeah, Los Angeles, right? Yes, yeah. I, I'd worked in uh, Compton, California, um, in a very uh, pretty disadvantaged school, but compared compared to what I saw in Thailand, <laughs> it was yeah, uh, pr- pretty pretty well off in in, in relative terms. Um, yeah, and so we we started having conversations with the principals of some of these schools, and they said, you know, um, getting kids to, to come to school is a huge challenge. Um, getting new kids to show up to, to, to enroll in school is a challenge, and, and keeping kids here is a challenge. And so he sort of told us, uh, you know, what can you do about this? And uh, I was looking for a pro- – I was a man looking for a project, and yeah. uh, I found it there, and we started building uh, – we started building some very basic playgrounds using found materials. And, uh, did it? Did your 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 plan has involved to really kind of you know puzzling around trying to use the the materials and culture at hand. And um, did did it start that way, or just kind of out of necessity? Like, hey, um, like did you initial ideas like, well, let's have shipped over like playground equipment, like we had. Yeah, like, I mean, what, what were the? We went through. Um, a bunch of different ideas, um, and we started there. You know, um, yeah. How do we get playgrounds from the U.S. to here? That's what which, you know, right? And uh, that was just would would have been just a disaster, um, just because of <laughs> customs. And I, you know, I've yeah, I've right. run into people who've tried to do that in the past, and they will ship something to a, a foreign country, and the all of a sudden the playground, you know, in the container will disappear, and they'll never see it again. And you think of how much, how much, and now that you know different ways a dollar can be used or contributions like all of that, all of the resources that yeah. went into wastefully right. shipping that, if it even got there and if it even worked, like what, right. what that could do on the other end. That's like, right. Yeah. That's right. So we, um, yeah, so we pretty early on figured out that, that building something was the right way to do it. And mostly it was out of necessity. We just didn't have any money. Um, we were just a couple guys trying to help out of school. And, uh, and so we started using tires and, uh, we were both relatively crafty and um, started to, uh, yeah, started to just figure it out. And they were they were pretty rough in the beginning, um, but we got better. And uh, um, we should mention mention your website. So maybe as we're talking, if folks want to kind of look at some of your images, where where should they go? It's uh, play three sixty dot org. Right, and so they can and some 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 great. Some great images. Do you have any images up from the early days up there of the? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple from uh, yeah. our Thailand days. Um, you know, what a couple things that were important to us is things were um, very colorful. Color has always been a really important part of of the work, um, mostly because a lot of these environments are pretty drab, um, and so you know, You're like a, like a refugee classroom might just be just yeah. devoid of any of that kind of. That's right. That's right. And so. Yeah, we wanted to make it visually interesting. Um, it was important that it was safe. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was just us trying to figure out these designs. Um, but over time, 
it was really important for us to involve the community. And that's that was sort of, I guess, phase two of this this work was uh, after I had left Thailand. So, so phase one is let's see if we can build a, yeah. a playground that works. And, yeah. then and, we, and we, did, we did a bunch of those. Um, yeah. But eventually I left Thailand and came back to the U.S., and I guess that would be phase two of this uh, this this journey that I'm on. Um, and that was about can we you know can we really we have these designs? Can we really think about impact? Can we think about um, sustainability uh, as an organization? Can we think about um, um, really involving the community and getting buy-in and um, making this about uh, making it more than just about play and making it about education which is eventually what, what it turned into you mentioned that uh you your work evolved to instead of um to design systems instead of objects or the like what, what do you mean by that yeah um <clears throat> as as an architect you know i was trained to uh we we design we design buildings um which which in you know a lot of ways are just these objects in the landscape um and you know my first couple playgrounds, um, I fell on my training as an architect, as a designer, and I wanted to make these really elaborate, beautiful things, these beautiful yeah. objects. Um, but that wasn't the right criteria, um, and I learned that pretty quickly. That um, something that is that is um, super interesting is also super hard to build, and super, oftentimes very expensive and hard to replicate. And so I realized that I was using the wrong criteria for for these for this work. Um, and the criteria became about, is it safe? Is it, can we replicate it? Is it low cost? Um, and so the, the, the designs became very simple uh, and they became um, very durable. Um, yeah, so maybe talk about some of the, some of the materials that, uh, that were used and, and how those decisions were made. Sure, sure. So we, we, um, we use a simple palette of materials um, we use a lot of tires, motorbike tires, car tires, truck tires, and we use those because no matter where you go, uh, even in the most re- remote places, you can find them. Um, we use logs, we use chain, we use paint, and uh, with a couple exceptions, these have been materials we can find almost everywhere. Um, and uh, so we choose these materials because they can be found anywhere. We always ask um, local labor, the, the community members, to help us build. We ask them to bring their own tools. And the tools, we use these tools because we could easily bring a power saw, but um, if we use their tools, then we know that they can replicate this thing, that there's nothing specialized. Um, if they want to build a, another one or if they want to add or modify. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it, it's um, that's where I think the the empowerment becomes is we're we're showing them a model of of this playground and uh, we really want them to to replicate it and that's there's 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 usually some individual who this just sparks a fire uh, with them and uh, you know I have a long list of people who are out in the world um, you know sometimes as part of a group sometimes part of a a parent group but sometimes just themselves who are off there uh, building playgrounds and God knows where. <laughs> And and they they got involved building um, a, a playground in in their in their area and mm-hmm. then and then and then what are they what's usual usual thought process like hey I know I've got other family in this area we could build one there or what's yeah there? I I think uh, you know sometimes they're usually laborers they're usually um, 
you know, sometimes they're farmers or I think it's just provides a very interesting opportunity for them. And, um, you know, uh, people there, they tend to be very entrepreneurial and they'll, they have this idea, they have this model, they, they know how to do it and they can find the materials and then they, they just run with it. Um, one thing that I hadn't thought of, but, uh, I, of course recognize when you said it, but realize the way that this could m- matter in unintended ways is how, um, educational engagement at the parental level is really gendered um, around the world uh, in, in a lot of ways. And it's usually that a lot of the teachers end up being women, a lot of the, and then, then it's the, the, the mother's job to sort of, to, to worry about what, 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 what started, is it the building aspect? Do you think that started bringing fathers into that picture? The men? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we don't usually specify with the communities that we work with on, uh, which gender sh- should show up to build a playground, but it typically is is men. Though the women in certain places, women will will take a very active role in the construction, which we encourage. Um, but it it is it is proven over time that it it becomes something that the men get involved in, and uh, you know it would become- would would the, is this their first sustained involvement with the school in most cases? If you had to in, in a lot of cases, yeah. yeah, this is their first time that they are. Um, been actively asked to do something, um, and we, you know, the, they have, they sacrifice. They have to usually take a day off from work, which is hard for um, people who are kind of subsistence, subsistence farmers or right. um, day laborers, um, and so it's a sacrifice for them. Um, but we always find people who are willing to do it. The um, so the the mission evolved from you said there's only there's only so much that y- you or you know, your, your friend could do in terms of, you know, putting it on yourself. So you said it kind of quickly evolved into sort of training, um, as part of the, as part of the mission. So how did, um, how did that evolve and and what, um, I guess, what did you learn in that process? It, it evolved into this training model just based on, um, uh, really this desire for having impact, um, that, this idea of training people to build these playgrounds because they're simple because of, of the way we, we structure this, that local materials, local labor, local tools, um, that, you know, most people could build these things. Um, and so the training really became the central way of, of getting these, these playgrounds around the world. Um, having a a good partner was also a, a very important part of this. We always work with a sort of middle, range or medium size or uh, NGO um, who oversees lots of different schools um, and they understand the value of play they oversee lots of schools um, it's been a way for them to um, you know add another dimension to their assistance to some of these schools when I initially thought of the the playground model I'm thinking you know this is a kind of recess you know blow off steam and the kids are out there and that's, that's those, those are great. Uh, you know, they're, they're, um, jumping around and using swing sets and that we, we, we love that as parents and, and for kids. But, um, I hadn't thought of the, kind of the, the engaged learning component of, uh, I guess what, what is, how did you, how did you come on, come across the idea of the way that this could help transform some of the, really the way that, um, subject is matters or taught in in the region. Yeah, um, we 
I think this the the education. So we embed these educational um, aspects into the playground. Um, a lot of our, for instance, we have this thing called a tire calculator, which is a very simple. Um, it's got a bar and it's got a number of tires with numbers painted on them and operations and people do sort of you know simple math calculations. It's awesome. It's like a huge like abacus or something yeah. or, or like some. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so so we, yeah, I mean the idea was that can we um, can we try to to bring the classroom out into um, the playground, and that came as a reaction to really the the what we saw in the, in the classroom, which was teachers who are, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, it's often, these classrooms are very crowded. They don't have materials. They're, they're not very well trained. Um, and so, you know, we saw them having this kind of rote uh, approach to, to teaching, uh, sort of a call and response. And so we, you know, trying to, to, to show them other ways of teaching was, was, became part of the, the equation with these playgrounds. So, what are what are any other good examples of the way that uh, teachers use uh, numbers, letters, whatever to 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 get across lesson stuff ideas? Sure, sure. We have a um, we have a balance beam, um, a series of balance beams where they do skip counting. They'll we'll paint uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 onto the uh, to the balance beam, and the kids have to jump and and say the number as they jump. So it's it's oftentimes very yeah. simple things. Um, but that's you know it gets kids I think excited. Like like an actual like I wish I would have had like the you know in my elementary school you had the number line that you were like counting that but like I think that would have been great if that was yeah. like a physical like yeah you know. yeah I mean I, a lot of it for me personally it came out of the fact that uh, uh, you know I I'm a kind of learner that needs to be active you know I'm uh, and I wasn't well served in my own elementary school so <laughs> this is I think some ways. Uh, uh, to rectify that that situation, so we we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. But the, you mentioned that one of the reasons you don't build um, these in the U.S. is 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 liability. And in, in in my I remember very distinctly, maybe it was first grade or second grade, like in in our uh, elementary school in rural Wyoming, uh, it was just like you know a, a cement uh, solid cement lot um, that. Uh, a farmer brought in, um, I don't know how many, it seemed like hundreds, certainly dozens of, of massive tractor tires, like, like huge. And they build these pyramids out of these tractor tires. And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you could, an entire, you know, uh, it boggles the mind now to think that would be, um, they would never allow that. <clears throat> now, you know, t- you know, a two or three story house, sort of yeah. high, like these these massive tire structures. But. Yeah, it's it's funny because playground design in the U.S. Um, has because of liability issues. It's it is they've kind of pulled all the fun out of it. They've they've, they've leached all the fun out of it. There's no <laughs> there's no challenge anymore to to so many playgrounds. Um it, you know, and I see this with when I bring my own kids to a playground. It's they're they're bored instantly. Um and so there's actually been a reaction to that. There's uh on the West Coast and in the UK, there's these things called um adventure playgrounds and yeah. it's um There was uh, one by us in Berkeley. That that's was right. like the, yeah, there's there's a great one. Have you seen Berkeley. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> It's great. I mean, it's, it's like, like wooden. Yeah, and like tw- there's like tools out there. You know, there's like, you know, yeah. and they just they they just like kids to go at it. And 
uh, it's great. You know, the kids, the, no one's getting hurt and kids are careful and they're, you know, if they get hurt, that's fine. It's not like life threatening or anything. Um, yeah. And so, there, you know, there's this conversation about uh, risk versus challenge. And, you know, we want playgrounds to be safe, but we also want playgrounds to be challenging. Um, otherwise, kids get bored. It, se- it seems an obvious question, but but uh, how do you start to factor in sustainability? And, and what does that mean in your in your playground model? Well, so this we talk about sustainability in terms of materials and, um, you know, the tires, um, you know, that we're providing a use for, for these used tires. Uh, but in terms of the sustainability of, you know, um, the, the model of, of building playgrounds, it's really, I mean, that's been a driving force. How do we make sure that these playgrounds are, um, can keep going? And that's driven this idea of local, to, uh, local tools, local labor, and um, local materials. Um, because these, you know, one thing about these playgrounds is they, they're not made out of plastic, you know, they will break over time and especially the way that these, some of these kids will play on them. Uh, they will, they will really, it's almost like they're, they're out to destroy them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that idea of, um, the community having everything it needs to repair the playground and maintain the playground. Um, you know, that, that's been a pretty important, um, idea behind this whole model. Is a is a typical build like a like a week? For it's you? A, yeah, it's about five days. Um, we start out. Uh, so yeah, what's that process like? Yeah, it's um, we ask that all the the community gather about two hundred tires before we show up. Um, the the principal will organize uh, you know groups of people to uh, to be working. There's always lunch, um, so it becomes a very um, community oriented event, um, barn raising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and it's always very fun. You know, it's, uh, I mean, we're not, we're not digging, uh, holes for toilets or anything like that. You know, it's, it's, there's paint and there's kids and it's always a very, um, happy sort of week. Um, yeah. And so, I'm, yeah, I was thinking something if I like drag my teenagers too, this would actually be a service project that they might like, yeah, I think that was yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great one week project because you can, you can start with a pile of tires on Monday, and by Friday you have you're gonna this, have a playground. You have this playground, and then you have a big party, and the kids play, and it's the best thing ever. It's it is the highlight of yeah. everything that I do during the year. Yeah, the the you probably got some great videos of like <laughs> screaming happy kids oh, like yeah. r- r- charging the They're playground. They're so happy. <laughs> They're so happy, and they've never seen anything like it. It's just. You know, because a lot of these places, they, they've never seen a playground. Their parents have never seen a playground. There was one time in um, Tanzania where I had to I had to uh, train the parents on how to use a swing. And uh, and so I got on the swing, and I was kicking my legs like, you know, you, you do as, you're, as your kid. And I, w- I kept going higher and higher. Uh, and then <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to jump off. And so at the, at the top of it, I, I jump <laughs> off, and I sort of stuck the landing and put my hands up. And, and the parents were like, what that was a that was amazing and they started like clapping. It, like it was an olympic uh, <laughs> no, it was like an olympic thing <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah there's there's the, the the training on how to use the playground as well i guess well and i can imagine too the so if 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 parents and community members are are part of the they've collected the resources they've put in the man hours to to that that has to change their relationship with that with the school in that space, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I the it it we we hope that it becomes this catalyst for for parents and and for the principal. The principal will usually have 
this this group of committed parents who've shown up day after day, um, and he or she is always very happy to to have them, and will and will oftentimes they become the, the kind of a, a group that he can go to to for for whatever uh, other projects he has in mind. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, we hope that you know, and we've we've heard instances of. Um, these these groups of parents who've built the playgrounds, they will be the ones to maintain it. They will be the ones to to build a fence if necessary, or build a garden, or build new playground equipment. Um, and so, yeah, it gives them, I think, a another way of, of experiencing their kids uh, their kids' school. Are there instances where it is it has changed some of the calculus of of civic engagement, where where communities or parents or start start pushing the the municipal authorities to to for yeah, to I, put in more resources or to that's or to that's a good question i'm not sure i i know it becomes um you know my own my own work as a um as a faculty member at, at indiana university i'm interested in in placemaking and and these playgrounds i think become places in the community oftentimes you know this idea of a public space is very rare yeah. in a lot of these communities and so this becomes a place where everyone is welcome um, you'll have, you know, if there is a diversity of, uh, of ethnic groups or tribes within, within a village, you know, this becomes a common space that they all can occupy. Um, oh, interesting. And, uh, you know, it's, the kids are there, and so the parents will be there. And, you know, I think I always feel like if, if people can play together, they can live together. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I haven't documented that, but I've seen it enough times that I, I feel did like you start out true. thinking that would be a result or uh no no it sort of happened i mean a lot of this uh <laughs> i love to say that i pl- <laughs> planned out and designed all of these outcomes but uh it, it's really kind of evolved and, and happened on its own since uh this is a, a podcast that uh, focuses on southeast asia um you mentioned mesa what are some of the other outcomes of your work in in southeast asia yeah but, um, but also maybe mention some of the other areas in the world sure. it's really interesting sure um We've done uh, Thailand, like we mentioned, um, Cambodia, Laos. Uh, we've done, uh, or organizations that we've worked with have done a lot of work there. Um, I, I wonder if I, do you have a, like, because a, I'm like thinking, like, I bet I've seen some of your stuff in, you know, <laughs> as I travel around Southeast Asia, these, the, you showed the pictures of those. I mean, maybe the, and there's probably more than one organization that has like the the brightly colored tires, but the, but some of it looks really familiar. I, yeah, I hope so. How, I, how many how many playgrounds are we talking? We've done I, in. Throughout the world, uh, we've done or organizations that we've worked with have built uh, over 120. That's okay. kind of our, our, our current number. Um, in Southeast Asia, you know, we we have some really strong partners. Um, the organization that works in Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos, they've done probably 25 different playgrounds. We worked in Myanmar. Uh, we have a, a young group of um, people we've trained, um, and they've built probably 18, 19 playgrounds. Um, we've done a little bit of work in the Philippines. Um, uh, there's a large foundation that builds uh, daycares and uh, housing developments, and they've built a lot of playgrounds. So uh, we've done a good number in Southeast Asia. I, I don't have a, a hard number on that, but um, there's there's been a lot of good playgrounds there. So how does it, what's the normal pathway that a that a playground gets initiated and, and built? Sure, we um, someone will usually reach out to us, or we will. Um, hear about an organization that that's doing good work. Um, we will start a conversation. 
you know, it's important that they understand the value of playgrounds, that, uh, you know, the value of... Um, is, it, is that usually an NGO locally that is yes, that, is that the, connection point? The, the N, yeah, there'll be a, an NGO on the ground who, um, who we'll start the conversation with. And, um, yeah, they're usually focused on schools or focused on education. Um, and, you know, we will we'll try to, you know, we try to vet our, our partners pretty well. Um, because the, 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 the thing that's going to determine the success of a project is really that on-the-ground partner. Uh, if they are committed, if they are uh, a great organization, then we're going to have a great project. If they are lukewarm about this project, um, it's not going to have a long uh, lifespan, I think. Um, so, yeah, so we, um, we will start that conversation. We will set up a training. Um, we will travel there. Over the course of the week, we'll build the playground. We leave, and then they continue building playgrounds uh, in their region. So, so it's I guess it's it's that it's that NGO, and then the parents at the the community members at that lo- school locally that they're involved in the in the in the building with you. And so it's the idea that they might <coughs> they're going to go out and replicate that yes. model over and over. Yes. Um, how how does uh, um, how how has it grown? What what are what's some of your worldwide reach? Um, so we work in three regions: Southeast Asia, uh, East Africa, and Central America. Um, the and, and now we're doing a lot of work in India. Um, it's what's happened recently is that we've been uh, working in, in a closer way with different types of organizations. We're working in India with uh, a group that does a lot of disaster relief, and we're trying to address um, uh, childhood trauma with the playgrounds. Uh, we're talking with uh, some people who, who work in refugee camps uh, in Uganda. Um, you know, we, we've worked with um, groups that are interested in public health. Um, and so the types of organizations that we are now working with has changed. Um, and that's very exciting. What's next for uh, Playthrough 60? Um, well, we have... Um, we have three um, big projects that are that are pretty close to being launched. One in Belize, and we're really focusing on um, improving how our curriculum aligns with the the national curriculum of Belize. We have a project in Ethiopia, uh, and that's really working closely with an organization that uh, has uh, is focused on disability. So we just last summer um, I designed the the, the first. Uh, this sort of inclusive playground in East Africa. Um, and then, so we will continue the, uh, the work in Ethiopia. And then lastly, the uh, a project in India uh, that is working on childhood trauma. So those three projects are, will hopefully launch this summer. How does the, how does the, uh, the trauma sensitive playground, how does that work? Well, it's, um, it's, we're really trying to study, how how playgrounds can can aid okay you know, the, this idea of, of trauma so it's, there's nothing particular about the playground it's just um putting them in Located, places yeah. that are uh that have been uh, experiencing uh, these disasters in, in india so if uh if our listeners are interested in 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 finding out more or maybe contributing um uh what would you encourage them to do um i, I encourage everyone to go to uh, play360.org um You'll find information on on how to contribute. You'll find information on some of the trips that we are um, we're planning. Uh, we we do take uh, individuals with us sometimes, um, 
usually a handful of people, and they will tag along and uh, build the playground with us. So if you're interested in, in traveling and doing some good work, uh, check out the website. Yeah, hey, well, thanks so much for stopping by and uh, come back again. We Maybe you'll see you in Southeast Asia. All right. So thanks, thanks for having me, and I, uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks, John. <laughs>